What's up, everybody? I am. Uh, this is weird. I'm cu I'm currently currently wifeless on this broadcast. Uh, my kids are out playing at a friend's, and my daughter hit my wife up like 15 minutes ago. Said I need to get picked up. So I'm not sure what's going on there. Hope everything's good. Um, they might even be watching this in the car right now. I'm not really sure. So hi, Marley, if you are. But uh, that means that I am um, one have this new configuration where my computer's over here and I'm not looking at it now uh, because we're changing a few things around, but also I'm without my wife to find me questions. I found one already. So I'm just hoping that she gets home soon. And, uh, you know, I think this is a good metaphor uh, for like what it's like to teach um, or just do life. You really need other people. You are, you, you, you know, my one of my mentors says, you never go as far as your dream. You go as far as your team. And so having that great team and it is can be difficult to find, but man, when you have it, when you have it, it is, uh, it, you realize that you can't do it, anything without it. So I, I'm glad that we have here this, this virtual team. Um, and that, that's no less than an, than an in-person team, but to have people that you can show up, that you can trust in, that you can ask questions to. And, you know, if you're new here, you'll see that when you come in, there's already tons of stuff going on in the chat before you before we even go live. So I think that that's so wonderful. Um, before we get started, I want to mention um, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about doing something. And so my wife is going, oh, my gosh, what is he going to say right now if she's watching? this? So the one of the things I'm thinking about doing is I'm going to be in Dallas, Texas for Get Your Teach On this June, it's like this, it's right around my wife's birthday. It's like around June 20th, I think. I'm gonna, I'm forgetting off the top of my head what the dates are. But uh, I'm thinking of doing like a meetup while I'm in Dallas. I know that there's quite a few people from the Dallas, uh, Texas area, but I realize Texas is, is enormous. But around Dallas, if you're interested in that, just send me a message in some way, shape or form. I'd just be interested to know like if that's something that we could set up. We're right at the Gaylord Palms Resort and uh, you can just walk into that place. It's not like a like a gate at the front or something like that. And then um, I just thought it'd be cool to, to kind of say hello to some folks while I'm down there. Um, also, speaking of that, if your school is, you know, this time of year where, where principals, administration start looking for uh, folks to speak either for the end of the school year, in the summer, going into the fall. These are all things that are getting put into place now. If your school is looking for speakers, if they're looking for someone to lead professional development or at least kick off the year, please keep us in mind. You can just get all of my information at realwrapwithreynolds.com or just have them shoot me a real, an email at realwrapwithreynolds at gmail.com. Thank God you're here. Really? I just, for real? Yeah, like I don't even know how to do this anymore by myself. So... um getting our muddy sun pants yeah all right cool so uh yeah just keep us in mind and we would love to come and and be with your school a lot of you might think that it is not teachers that can sort of initiate this sort of thing and that's not true i mean the, the most of the gigs i get are because a teacher told their principal because principals have enough other stuff to do they don't need to be trying to figure out you know if you can take something off their plate if you can solve their problem it, it really benefits so with that uh, wait, if I had the first question up here, it was, oh my gosh. Is this really overwhelming? I think I'm so used to it now. Usually it does. I don't like... do this part. Oh, I see it. There it is. Um, of this. So Jason is asking, I'm a career. Do you want to read it? 
I mean, are you going to try and take my job for me or no, what? I would like it if you're ready. <laughs> okay. Jason is asking. I'm a career changer. I have some interviews with schools this week. Uh, can you give me your best couple bits of interview advice? My best interview, I, I think if I broke it down to like two or three things is one, you have to do some of the work of knowing what school you're going to and figure out how you are going to play a part in that interview. So, or, or rather how you're, how you fit into that school. What, what does this look like for you? I think that's one, because I, you know, going into an interview for, you know, you're going to be a history teacher or something like that, or, or a fourth grade teacher, but also saying, Hey, I saw that you all have a, a lacrosse team. I actually played lacrosse in college. I'm in a men's league or a women's league now. Like, so this is something that I know a great deal about. And I've actually coached before you're looking for other opportunities to create whether maybe it's a maker space, maybe it's a dance club, maybe it's being a part of something that already exists or bringing in something that you think students would love to do outside of that. I just talked to a guy this week that I did a mentoring call with that um, just something else. If you're interested, if you need it, we offer mentoring. You can just go right to the website uh, and find out more information about that. But he, teaches MMA after school. He was going to be an MMA fighter, uh, transitioned into education and that now runs this club after school. And I'm like, man, the kids got to love that. And he was like, yes, yeah, they do. And so uh, th that was a really whole com great conversation that I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but you know, it's what can you bring? The second thing is always write a note. So like handwrite it or type it and print it out. Uh, I'm going to go with John Lopez on this. I think that uh, I think typewriters and handwritten notes are better than like something you type on your computer. If you have that capacity, even if you have messy handwriting, just take your time. Here's the difference. When you write the note, even if it's beforehand, you have a stamp on it. It's all ready. Then you go back uh, as you're walking out of the school, just find the closest mailbox, chuck it in the mailbox so that they're going to get it in the next day or two. This is going to set you apart from everyone else that's writing a thank you email. And so this is going to be something that is physical. No one else is going to do this. And that's going to that's going to set you apart. And so what you're trying to do is not appear better than everyone else. Like you're not trying to be the better candidate. You're trying to be the only candidate, right? So you want to be this, the person that really stands out. Um, and so other than that, I think it's knowing that, especially as a career changer, thinking about what... Jason, are you bringing with you to this, to education that you would not have been able to bring if you didn't do something else first? A lot of folks think that it's like a, I, I talk to a lot of people who think like, yeah, but like I'm 54 or I'm 45 and like, you know, I'm 30 and like, I'm so, it's so late in life. And it's like, yeah, but you're, you have something that a lot of those younger teachers don't have. And that is an enormous amount of life experience. You've been out there. You've done things. Bring all that with you. Like you've been cross training for this your whole life. I, that's how I would think about it and then bring that in. All right. Our next question comes from Sherry asking, my school is building a brand new school to accommodate for massive growth in our district. When I asked about the art rooms, they they said they only had two designated spots for art. Hmm. Um, part two, there are three art teachers I'm in a science room currently. How would I ask professionally who gets the two two rooms and if the odd one out, again, express my concern without sounding like a jerk? <laughs> I think the way 
I would do that, Sherry, is to talk about it with regards to just being curious. So you are, hey, listen, I have like, man, I'm so, I'm so excited about this new school. I'm so excited about what is like ways we can use, you know, the school grounds or be in the classrooms and new projects that we want to do. And I want to capture a lot of that student energy, that excitement of being in a new space at the beginning of the year and have that roll into my class. So and by creating experiences for students. So I'm curious if we know yet where we're going to be this year and like when can we start getting organized? When can we start putting things in their place? So you're almost like moving into it like you're getting a space, like you're acting as such because you are trying, but you're, but you're not doing it just for you. You're doing it because you're excited for students. So I want to be able to start like imagining and start getting my feel for like where I'm going to be in the building, what kind of supplies do I need to, you know, where, like, how, how are we going to organize everything? So just ask about that so that you're not asking the, the straightforward question, which is like, am I going to be in one of those rooms? I just say, hey, I'm really excited to be in one of those rooms. When are we going to be able to like, what, do we have a timeline as to when we'll start being able to get in there? Um, and again, talking about your excitement, talking about students, talking about capitalizing on that, on that energy. And I think that's going to put you in a, in a different place than, than it would if you, if you didn't ask that way. Shucks. I was reading. I wasn't Look <laughs> looking you. for a question. Uh, I actually don't think we have one right now. That's fine. Um, Cause I'm going to, Oh, I lied. Oh, all right. Chain hmm, is up next. <laughs> oh, she's up next asking, how can I reach a difficult student who skips class and is disruptive when she is present and not take not take her behavior personally? It, it's hard. It is hard not to take behavior personally. I'm not always sure that I know how to do that. Um, I pretend that I know how to do. It. I think that's how I do. It. Like here, here's how it is. I don't always not take it personally, although I know I shouldn't. However, I know that I've worked on myself enough that I can show up for what needs to be done. And to me, that's good enough. So what I mean by that is if this was my student, I would pull them aside uh, either like before school, after school, maybe like you see them in the hallway, maybe it's during lunch period, um, something like that. And just say, listen, I'm curious what's going on. This is what I am seeing. Like we're late to class and not a lot. We don't come to class. When we come to class, we are, you're constantly seem to be distracted, right? Not putting a definitive on that, seem to be distracted, right? It's making a little bit like, like I'm tell me if I'm seeing this or not. Uh, work isn't getting handed in. I'm just curious what is going on um, that I might be able to help with. And when they say, if they say nothing, then you say, well, so is this just a choice that you're making? Because let me tell you where this goes, right? It goes with you failing, right? Right now, your grade is at this specific spot to even pass for the year. You're going to be able to need this. And that's going to require this much work. And I'm just not so sure that that happens if, if you don't do this. Did you know? And I used to break it down for my kids, like the statistics for like, like one um, kids that stay back in high school. So I think it's something like, Ninth grade, um, there's a, if you stay back in ninth grade, your chances go up slightly for being a dropout in high school. If you stay back in 10th, 11th, or 12th grade, as you ascend those grades, your odds get greater and greater as for you to become a dropout. 
And so it's like sharing some of that information with kids, sharing like, look, you know, is what you want to come back next year to, to take these classes again, to do all the same work again. Um, and then trying to like, you know, I, I usually ask lead up questions like, is there anything going on um, with your friends, right? Family kids don't always want to talk about, but is there anything going on with your friends? Who do you hang out with when you're not, in, when you're outside of class? Like, who do you hang out with outside of school? Do you hang out with people from school? Do you hang out with other kids? So you're looking for kind of like red flags. Um, who's Who do you live with now? Like how many people are like kind of living in your house? You're not asking if they live with mom or dad necessarily, but you're asking like, how many people do you live with in your house, right? Again, might give you some information. Um, you, you know, I different people are going to feel different levels of comfortability and your school might have different rules. But I always ask, like, do you live with mom or dad or do you live with mom and dad or just one or the other? Um, do you see the other parent that you don't live with? Uh, are you the oldest, the youngest? Are you the middle child? Are you the stepchild? Are you. So you start piecing together the story as to who this student is, and then it's going to become very evident why they're not doing well in school, right? Like nine times out of 10, those are the cues that are going to put you on to what's happening outside of school that's making it so the student's not doing particularly well. And that's how I start finding that out. And then it's like, hey, what it, what about if, and this is just something I would do. I'm not, I never like, um, I never want to encourage teachers to spend their own money, but I would start telling kids like, Yo, if I buy you lunch tomorrow, will you come in and, and do a little bit of work for me? I'll get you anything you want. Like for, for, in Philly, it's just like from the corner store. And so, uh, you know, it cost me like $5 to get a platter for a kid. And so then we just do lunch together and we work on work and we build relationships and the kids hanging out with me. And now those see, see where I'm going with this. It's like it goes that sort of direction because I did the digging, because I showed that I cared, because I did it in a thoughtful way that wasn't just like being nosy, but trying to be like a detective getting to the bottom of something. And then you start building that relationship. And then that's what's going to be the game changer all the time with students. All right. Laura is up next asking, hi, Reynolds and not so secret wife. Happy end of March. What are you presenting at Get Your Teach On? And what are your thoughts on that conference as a presenter? So... Let me start there. Uh, I wasn't, to be real honest with you, I wasn't sure what I thought about them. You know, the more you get into this kind of world of like edu celebrities, teacher influencers, there are people that you meet that are a hundred percent who they are online. Like I've met a number of like, you know, the biggest YouTubers and Instagram. I sound like a real big deal right now, don't I? Uh, I've met, I met the best. Uh, I've met quite a few people. I've, you know, I have friends that work at places like the Ron Clark Academy. I have friends that have worked with Hope and Wade King for years. Um, I've known other folks that have been like a big deal and or had spotlight, right? And they are who you think that they are. Of course, um, or, or, or unfortunately, I've met folks that are not who you think that they are. That like, man, they're their channel's great. Their feed's great. They're really wonderful. Like when you see them online, then you meet them in real life and you're like, man, you are just like. Not who you are. Yeah. In a, <laughs> in a, in a lot of different, like sort of un sad ways. My experience to get your teach on has been nothing but incredible. I spoke there last year. Everyone I met from Hope and Wade to their whole team. And then I've gone on to do like smaller get your teach on experiences. 
um, like Chris and every, just Amelia, everyone on their team is, they're really about teachers. They're really about education. They're really about what they're doing. Now, I don't know them that well. Someone else may be watching this and go like, oh, but I know this. I know some of the other drama that people are caught up in, but like, I just am not interested in that. When I meet you, if you're seem like a great person and you're doing great work and you're putting on this incredible experience for educators, I mean, I've never been to a conference where teachers are that fired up. Like, I feel like you feel like you're at like a, like a, I don't know. It's it really like, looks like, I think it's as fun as it looks online. It it's not like a. And people are. Are, yeah, I think it's that fun. You feel like you're at like a Taylor Swift or a Coldplay concert. Like one of those concerts that like they do a there's great job. lights and things going on and surprises everywhere. And it's like, it's bonkers, man. And I, I just think no one does. It I like think that. their intentions are true with teachers. And that's what I, I find that's the been most my endearing away. with them. Right. Like I've seen all the back end meetings that CJ goes to. I'm usually cooking in the kitchen, which is literally right next to the office. So, and they're all out loud and I get to hear them. And what the thing that I love is that they're really all about how do we help teachers? How do we be practical? How it's like, it, that's real. That yeah. really comes from who they are. And I, that, that to me speaks volumes. Um, yeah, I think they're great. Yeah. So what, I just wish get your teach on wasn't so expensive for the educator, but if um, you can get your district to pay for it or, and you can, I just, it's like another thing to do. I just wish it was a, a bit easier for teachers. Cause there's so much to have to like, yes, but I will say, through. and that's not their fault. It's kind of like the way well, it look, is. They are also having it at a great place that you don't have to leave, right? The Gaylord Palms Resort, you don't have to leave and go anywhere else. Um, oh, they think of everything, yeah, like literally top to bottom. Like, it's that their awesome. decor, like everything about it is super high level. Um, fun. It's super fun. They have really great speakers this year. Jesse Itzler is going to be there, which I'm stoked about. <laughs> uh, Mario Lopez is is emceeing the whole thing. Um, the guy from Magic for Humans from Netflix is going to be there. There's a bunch of like yeah, really they know how to do cool it right. People. Like it's it's practical for teachers and it's also just entertaining for yeah. teachers and but to have life a, helpful to, like it's just great all around they seem like wonderful i'm do. glad they're reaching into high school now yes because that was what were they when oh, they man. primary started i think it was what like first through third grade only yeah. not even middle Dude, every single thing that i went to last year too was awesome like every every presentation i went to was was incredible so i'm talking uh my topic is uh i have two different topics or two different sessions talking about leveling up learners and so basically like how are you sprinkling magic on your class? How are you taking, uh, putting a little bit of extraordinary on your ordinary in your classroom to make it come alive, make classes that kids want to come to. Um, you know, my idea, one of my things I love, Dave Burgess talks about this in his book, Teach Like a Pirate, where he says, how many lessons do you have a year that you could sell tickets to and kids would buy them? And so I think about that often. And so that's kind of like where I'm, thinking, but, but more small scale, not just like big room transformation things like every day. How do we take our every day and, and make it something that kids are going to want to come to school with, or if they miss it, they're going to feel, feel bad that they missed it. And I'm okay with feel, making kids feel bad that they missed my class. Marley had a day this week or a day last week or something in the last two weeks, she missed a day and she was like, Oh man, it was the one they thing. had like steam or STEM or however that you steam, say it. She called, yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, she was like, oh, I missed something fun. Yeah. yeah. And her, her group was not happy that she was not. No, I know. Kid. They were aggravated with her. Like, 
are you? Um, okay, Linda is up next and she's asking, how do you decide whether you want to continue teaching at the same school next year? So I think Linda, you know, having only taught at two schools, right? Which I kind of like, like I like that I haven't taught at a whole bunch of schools because it makes me feel like, um, like I, I really knew uh, who I was teaching, where I was teaching, the culture in which I was teaching and things like that. I, I again did not, I did not leave education because of education. I left education because I felt called to do something else, but I would never have stayed at my school. Um, and so to me, it was a number of things. It was feeling like teachers weren't really valued that there was this definite sense of like, well, you could leave if you want, just get somebody else to take you. And, and so imagine being in a relationship like that, right? Like, well, if you don't want to be here, that's fine. Because I, I think that, you know, it's, it's so hard to find good people that are committed for anything that, you know, if you have someone that's committed, you have someone that's about the kids, you have someone that wants to do the work to just make them feel like they're not that important is a really quick way to get rid of them. Also taking away things that I valued. I valued teacher autonomy. I value teacher having time. Um, so I would steal time away whenever I could. I would leave meetings because I needed more time to go do something or to meet with a student or to call a parent or something like that because I knew the meeting was nonsense. Um, when micromanaging started coming really into the picture. So like those are things that th that's stuff that I don't like. I'm a grown man. Like I, like, I don't want to sign your book when I come into the building after I haven't signed a book for 10 years. Uh, it's just like, I'm here. And so, and because they wanted to make sure that those folks that like weren't that were coming in late were getting in trouble for it and it's like but i'm here an hour early every day and i stay two to three hours late every single day like what do i have to sign your book for like i'm i'm here before you are and i leave after you so it's looking for those what i'm saying here is not just like a rant on my school but it is looking at things that are of value to me are we creating are we being allowed to create uh, immersive learning experiences for students? Are we allowed to take kids on trips? Are we allowed to have speakers come in? Are we allowed to like leave the classroom? Are we allowed to go down a rabbit hole if you see kids curiosity leaning that way? And or are we hold it to this like sacred curriculum that we like hold up on high like it's a Bible or something like that? Um, so it's it's like those are things that I value. And then there's a number of other things like ethical decisions that were broken at my school. Like like things that were unethical that were being done that I didn't believe in. So if I feel that like every school is always going to have problems, right? Don't, don't get like, if you go to a new school, just be careful because it's like a first date. Like it might seem all great, but then you don't know what everyone's, you know, drama is. Drama is always going to be there. Things are always not going to be perfect. It's, I think it's the nature of the education system, but can I, does this look like a place I can grow? Does this look like a place I can, um, bring what I've got to and make it better. Those are things that I'm looking for. And so that's some of what I'm, I'm thinking about. If the answer is no, then nope, I'm going to go find somewhere, uh, especially that has like good leadership. Like I'd never teach anywhere again that had great teachers and, and, and weak leadership. I, schools ride or die on, they, they are, they rise and fall with, with strong and weak leaders. So all right, Heather is up next asking, in what ways have employers shown you that you are appreciated and valued for your work? Oh man, 
I mean, I just wrote a list of this the other day. I was thinking about this because uh, I'm thinking about a video for teacher appreciation. It could be little things like, uh, so first of all, it's being backed. It is being backed in my decisions. It's being encouraged to try things and not being damned if I fail. So like you try a lesson, you try an idea, you try a trip, you try something and it doesn't go well. You're not chained for it. It's like, man, that was, that was a disaster. Like, let's learn from this. And, you know, I love that you tried something. It's showing that you care and not in some sort of cold and calculated way. It's principal showing up and like really asking like how your kids are doing or like how, you know, um, did you go all go trick or treating yesterday or whatever it is. It's having that human to human connection where it's not like this hierarchy of I'm up here and you're down there. It's we're all in this together. We're doing this together. I think being told yes to just about anything, as long as it's not illegal. Right. So like, can we go on this trip? Yes. I need this money to be able to try and do this. Uh, we're going to try and figure that out for you. And then if we can, we're going to be able to tell you like where we can meet you at. And if I have to make up the difference, it was being told yes to a lot of things because that, that allows teachers to dream. It allows teachers to look at the students that they have in front of them this year and to try new stuff, making new classes, making new experiences. And then I think some of the smaller things were like, I, I had a guy one time that um, a, someone who's leadership in the school that came into our after school meeting. And he's like, I just wanted everyone in here to let you know that I'm canceling detention on Friday. And we were like, why, why is detention canceled on Friday? And he's like, because we're all going, we're having a, we're having special professional development at the bar down the street. First two drinks are on me. And so, you know, and other times that we've been taken to lunch, other times that we've been taken out, like surprise professional development to go bowling for the day, because it turns out that like having that camaraderie amongst your staff really builds it's not like just kind of um, what they call fake fun, which is like having a foosball table in your teacher's lounge. This is like shared experiences lead to, like can um, lead to connection because we have relationships and so things like that. But there's been a million examples of that. But I'll, I'll tell you this, when those things are happening, bowling trips, admin making breakfast uh, in, in the office, like that kind of stuff, but you don't feel cared for really, or you don't feel backed or you feel like you've been slighted, all of this is just putting pig on, it's putting lipstick on a pig. And so, um, and I don't know, maybe that's something people do somewhere in the, in the country and, and you probably have shows for it or something like that, like the pig lipstick competition, but um, I'm not interested in it. And uh, yeah, so I want to really feel cared for like in a deep way first. All right, up next is Tiana, I think her name is, um, asking, how do you help? How do you help kids that have no self-motivation? He often acts out, but has moments where I can see him really trying. I try to remind him every day of how capable he is, but it's a struggle on some days. So I think, um, Tiana, it's, it's like kids like that. I think they're doing my, in my experience, by and large, you're dealing with students who have been told the other, the opposite of that for a very long time. And then they start to internalize that and believe in it. Uh, and so your voice saying that is like a drop in the bucket. What you have to do is just keep showing up, right? So you keep showing up, you keep saying, you keep doing, you keep saying, you keep doing it. And knowing that what you're doing is planting a seed. That not all students are going to, um, they're not all going to like get it right now. But that over time, 
that can that can be something that blossoms and something that grows. So and it's knowing that like leaders are repeaters, that we have to keep showing up, keep doing the work every single day. And eventually it's going to click. And, and look, us as adults are the same way. Right. Like I I, I struggle with my own stuff. Um, I struggle, you know, it's like, I'll go to therapy. My therapist has been telling me something for years. And then one day it just clicks. One day I get it. One day it's like, oh, it's that aha moment. And so just keep creating the space for that love and kindness. And I think that eventually what I, I refer to as like, I wear my kids down with love. And so, and I've done that with a lot of students, a lot of kids that I actually keep up to, to this day are the kids that were those hard won relationships the ones that didn't come so easy, the ones that weren't so excited to come to school because those kids are off being excited to be somewhere else now, right? But it's the kids that you had to, you had to pull it up through the mud that that means the, the that's the best, right? And, and so it is just showing up every day and in different ways, letting that kid know that you care and that they matter um, and never giving up. That's the other thing is you can never, ever, ever give up uh, because you're not in it for for always just for right now you're in it for the long haul so i'm planting these seeds and watering them and taking care of them and trying to grow help someone grow okay up next is john fox and he's asking there was an interesting comment in the facebook group this week sometimes students act out the most with the person they feel safe with yes. have you experienced this thoughts uh, i have experienced this in my marriage um and so i will say hey. that like <laughs> so not act out but i remember like can we talk about this before i talk about well, it well clearly you're about to go ahead yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness right. uh i'm just thinking about like when we got married and how you ended up getting really depressed after we got married and i was yeah. thought like this is so weird like we're like in love like in love baby yeah god and then you had to go to therapy and and one of the things that we found out in going to couples therapy was that when you you've kind of been holding that stuff in and once you're in a place and in a space with someone that you trust and you feel safe with a lot of that stuff tends to come out and so you tend to begin to like like not just act out but like feel those emotions right you're in that's it's almost like a it's a show of honor i think to people and so i think i've seen that in kids a ton of times the thing with i think is important though is to call students on that sort of stuff you are now if you want to be the safe space if you want me to be the safe space then i'm going to call you on what you're saying and doing and how you're acting um because i need you to i i want you to grow not just grow. I want you to grow correctly. I want you to grow in a positive sense. I want you to become all that you can be. And, you know, that, that, so you might need some direction, some coaching, some pushback on stuff. So know that if this is a safe space for you to push against me, that this is a safe space for me to push back. And so I think that that's important. And, and so, and again, these are the students that if you do that, um, they won't always like it. Sometimes they'll stop talking to you. Sometimes it feels like it went wrong. Sometimes it feels like you should have been nicer. But relationships aren't about doing things right all the time. There can you bounce back and show back up for one another again and again and again. And I think that's how you end up having a marriage. Like we, I, I would say, not just because of that, but like we have an incredible marriage. And, and 
I love our relationship, but it is so much of that back and forth kind of oh, we yeah, can push always. against one another mm-hmm. and um and feel safe. Like you don't go into a you can go into fights or arguments even with the idea of like, well, I know we're gonna get through this. Yeah. Like always. it's not it's never gonna end in like divorce, like never, or, right? or 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 fisticuffs or something like that <laughs> what the heck? that's fighting an old timey line oh okay yeah i'm, I'm an old man yeah is that an old man marker old man marker all right yeah. i'll write it like down when you, you ate uh what'd you eat last night <laughs> an orange slice candy orange slice. a gummy orange slice yeah come on i can't eat all the candy that's, no you're that's moments gluten-free. away from busting the jolly rancher <laughs> or werther's original out of your purse being gluten-free yeah. gives me a reason to eat those yeah. old people candies <laughs> all right Moving on, Ellie's up next asking how to keep a happy face on as I am getting burnt out uh, teaching out of my subject, doing an alternative program. So I'm teaching high school math this year and hopefully science less next year, maybe. Um, he saying uh, science is my wheelhouse. Math is not. Um, I think it's one, it's pouring, it's doing things that are fun for you outside of that. So what like what did you used to do when you were younger that was fun that you don't do anymore? And maybe that's because you don't have time because you're doing like, you know, you're going through this program and you're teaching all this stuff and, and, and you're teaching a prog, uh, a subject that you don't know, but can there be one day a week that you're doing something or can there be like another day a week when you do like a 30 minute lunch with someone or a 30 minute dinner with someone, or, you know, you're, you're getting some of what you need into that. So like for me, that is, it's gardening, it's being with friends, it is, and even going out, like last night we went out and I was so tired last night and we had a birthday party to go to that was about 40 minutes from our house. And these are people that I love, like really, really love. They're some of the best people well, that do we, I know. If we want to really put an old man marker in there, we can say it was like uh, seven o'clock. It was seven o'clock. And CJ's like, I'm tired. Yeah, I go to bed at like 9.30. So, you know, it's like, it's like, we're, we're creeping up on bedtime here. Um <laughs> This is like transition into pajama pants time. So it's, uh, you know, I'm just saying, get some more of those originals out here. Um, so in that, but I just knew that it was what was going to be, I knew it was going to be life-giving. And when we went, I like leaned over and told my wife, I was like, I'm so glad that we came. Like, mm-hmm. I just like, I'm like, cause she's usually the one that's pushing me and telling me that. I did. I was the idea. one that said, come on, let's just go. It'll be fine. Yeah, It'll be fine. Yeah. Once you get and it there. was, it was fantastic. So I think it's doing some of those things that are fun because what here's what happens. It gives your brain a break from school. It's filling you with joy. It's helping you to live in a different mode because you're not thinking about class at the moment. And then that ultimately transitions over to what you're doing. I think that's one big thing. The other thing I've been doing a lot of research on to the point where like I'm about to get a sleep tracker is uh is tracking my sleep, right? Making sure, feeling like, what do I, how much sleep do I need to get? And even if that's taking away time with my wife, like, do I need seven, seven and a half, eight hours of sleep? What do I need a night to make sure that I am recovered the next day? That has had, like, this year, I have put so much emphasis on getting good quality sleep that, like, I am, it is, it's it's game changer for me, really. And I think the other thing is looking at class and thinking like students don't want to be there either. So what could we do? What if this was fun? What would this look like if it were fun? And sometimes thinking about classes and lessons and things like that in through that lens, because you're not thinking of how do we get to 
how do we cover the core curriculum? How do we get the objectives covered? How do I get through all this stuff in the unit? That stuff's all important too. But just asking yourself the question of what would this look like if it were fun? And just toying with that and seeing if there's anything there that you can start implementing in your lesson, even if it's small, to make sure that like you are you're trying to live in that space, live in that energy of fun, of excitement, of, of trial and error, of experimentation, um, and, and let your students know that you're trying to do that. Who are you shaking your head about over there? Uh, What's nothing. going on? Okay, so up, up next is Miguel, but I am not so sure if these are different questions. We've got eight of them. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. So let's see if we can piece it together. It's a little bit hard sometimes through this format. Cool. So I'm going to read a bunch and we'll see where we get. Uh, hey, Reynolds, I'm a co-teacher in an elementary school that works to support the main teacher in a class that teaches Portuguese. And I need to relate the activities that happen outside of the class and inside and make my university's job. So my field supervisor needed to go out and solve her master's business in her university. And I was designated to come for the kids to care for the kids content. She needed to send me her topics that needed to be worked with them and help guide myself what her students already have. Yep. Um, what her students have already worked out, worked and what they need to work, but she just ignored me and didn't notify me anything. I could give my best. I managed to find a way. Every single Love kid it. loved the entire class. However, in the next day, the coordinator talked with her about that happened and she didn't like that she didn't like anything that my field supervisor did with me and then my field supervisor throws his situation and frustrates her frustrations to the teacher table oh my goodness um let's see during the kids free time all the teachers started to laugh and mock me and say things nasty about my co-teaching support um is that correct? Is that a correct teacher's behavior? I think I might've missed one. So I get the gist of it okay. though. So even if you did, um, so one, that's, that's a really tricky situation to be put into. Right. So no, no matter, like, I, I don't even know if like at the level at what you're at in, in, in this world of education, if you could have navigated it better, like, I'm not sure that that would have been possible. So that being said, it's about how do we move forward? We have to move forward by moving backwards a little bit. And so how do we do that? I think that there's two, two situations. So one, I want to talk about the teacher, your relationship with the teacher. It is really, for me, it's about being sure that all of my motives come from wanting students to do well. So that my, my, when I have arguments with other teachers, it's not because of like how they're treating me. Like I can handle that. I can navigate that as an adult because I'm going to put up boundaries. I'm going to put people like on notice and let them know, like, this is how I will be treated and I won't be treated. And I can do that fairly well as an adult without coming off like unhinged. Now, when things are taking place and you're not doing your job and this, I mean, this goes a little bit beyond kind of what you're asking, but like, if you're dealing with someone that's not doing their job, someone that you had to go tell some, report something about them because you saw something unethical or, or something problematic happening in their class or around the school. It's, it's doing that stuff, but letting folks know, like having, learning how to have those hard conversations of, you know, I, you know, this is what happened. 
this is how that made me feel. And I just want to put you on notice um, that I felt like you didn't come through for me. I felt like this, this took place. I feel like this is how you're acting lately. And then saying those things, but allowing them space to speak back, allowing them space to kind of talk about what their thoughts and feelings are. And when you're doing that, it's really listening to what they're saying. You're listening so well that you could repeat back to them what they are saying. And as a matter of fact, it's really good practice that when someone is talking to you, you when they seem done, don't just jump in. It's saying, is there anything else that you want to share with me? Is there anything else that you want to talk to me about? And really letting them get that out so that you can then have your what when you when you talk about that back to them, you have the full understanding of where they're coming from and what's going on. Too often we try to talk with, before it's our turn to talk, right? It's like we just want to get right with it. We just want to get our, our ideas right in there. And it's taking time to fully listen to some what someone's saying so that and then saying back to them, here's here's the way you talk back to them after you hear all that stuff. So what I'm hearing you say is, and then breaking down the bullet points. And so the other piece is allowing them to understand that all I want is what's best for students. And when I feel like I can't do that, when I feel, when I, when I'm, what I'm sensing is that like, when you act in this sort of way, I can't do that. It's having that conversation and look, difficult conversations are never easy to have, but I really truly believe that so much of your success in life is being able to have difficult conversations. It is like one of the biggest factors uh, because if you don't have the confidence, if you don't have the, the, the courage to have those conversations then things just fall apart around you. Now with regards to students, um, especially kids like speaking badly of you or laughing at you or mocking you or make fun of you. Um, I think it's reminding kids of like, for me, when I when that stuff happens to me in class, it's stopping class and we're about to have the realest conversation of your life. You no, it, he said uh, during the kids' free time, all the teachers started to laugh and mock of me. Oh, and um, say things nasty about my co-teaching support. So I think it just comes back to having it's an uncomfortable conversation. Real yeah. conversations about look, it's I like, don't know what y'all think you're doing, Miguel. And you asked like, is that correct? It's like, no, no that's not correct no, behavior. Horrible. That's that's a that's it's a childish. poor example of behavior and because for what, you. What supportive teachers can do, and I've worked with Miguel. I have no idea what what kind of teacher you are, but I will say that I have worked with some horrible teachers. Right? Like, I'm not even going to say they weren't that good. I've worked with some <laughs> of the worst, and even with that, it's treating people with respect. It's treating people and always putting the offer out there that if you need help, it's always offering advice if it's warranted or, or if it's asked for and helping people work through things because teaching is a communal activity. And so what we have to do is we have to we have to train up the people that are coming up after us so that they know how we work as a school and as a positive environment for students to grow. If teachers are ever acting in a way that we wouldn't want a teacher, a student to act, then that's pause for, for concern, for concern, right? Because we are looking at, um, we're looking at behaviors that I'm like, you know, if my students were doing that, my students were all laughing kid, I wouldn't think that was all right. So I think that takes to me, I mean, you could go to admin or human resources. I would just like get right with them and, and, and have because that no, conversation. And nobody wants to be pointed out that they were laughing at someone while someone was 
learning or struggling or new to the process. Yeah. Like we don't laugh at folks like that. Like we don't laugh at people, I think like in, in hurtful ways, but no. like, especially you're re like, you're really ter kind of terrible if you're laughing at someone who's just trying something for this first yeah. time or learning how to do something. It's that's, that's yeah. terrible behavior. Yeah. And so I think even just kind of like holding a mirror up to them and saying, that's what you did. And yeah. I'm, so, you know, yeah. so like, this is, so I'm just curious. Is this how we react in the school? Like if someone's trying something and it like, doesn't go well. Is this what I should well, expect, the behavior? Then the expectation is that we just laugh at that other person or yeah. make fun of them um, instead of helping them to grow and learn as a right. human being and as an educator. Like, it's, I'm just curious if that's what's happening. I would do here. it like that, Miguel. I'm uh, really sorry that happened to yeah. you. That's terrible. I hope it doesn't turn you off from like the world of teaching in general. No. All right. Uh, Miss Ella is up next asking, this is a great question. Do you think it's possible to leave teaching, re-strategize and come back to it at a later point? hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. I can tell you that after. Um, I think that's a great solution. If you need, there's something that you need to work out or you figure like, you know, cause I think off, people often get into teaching and expect it to be one way and then go, Oh man, it's really hard. Yeah. You know? And instead of just leaving, if it's your passion, if it's something you've always thought and dreamt about, it's like, why, yeah, why wouldn't you just leave, re-strategize yeah. and come back? That's who, uh, what are they, a sabbatical, right? So right, like exactly. we have, uh, I had a pastor years ago that used to take, um, every so many years, he would take a sabbatical. I have a pastor now that takes a sabbatical once a year um, <clears throat> for like an entire month and a half or two months or something like that. And, you know, uh, I think I talked about this in my book, but like Leonardo da Vinci has this quote mm. where he talks about when you are working on something so close up and so in the midst of it every day and you just can't figure it out, it's important to step away from that so far that it almost is in miniature in front of you, that you can see it from so far away. And then that allows you sometimes to have that a different view of what's happening. And then you can uh, you, you get new ideas, you get refreshed. Now, I would say if you are choosing to do that, one of the things that the pastor that I had years ago did. Um, I'm not sure what the guy now does necessarily, but I'm sure there's work there, but it is having a plan in place of the things that you want to work on within yourself and within your work. So I think teaching is so much less about pedagogy and so much more about person and, and working on who we are as people. So like when you're dealing with folks at work that that laugh at you when you're dealing with students that are problematic and that trigger you all the time it's being able to work on those things in you so i if if that is your choice my recommendation would be no like are you going to start therapy are you going to start working out what is that going to actually look like so how many days a week at what time am i working out how many days a week am i doing therapy am i also doing life coaching am i doing what other things are you going to do that are going to fill you back up because when we don't have that, look, it's like summer vacation when you don't have a plan in place, it just kind of dwindles down. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh crap, it's second week of August. I got to get on uh, and, and do some stuff. Otherwise I'm going to go back to school and I've wasted my whole summer. Um, I just want to say real fast, Miss L said in here in the comments, yeah. um, she was talking about leaving for a job or a career for an unknown period of time and just put teaching on hold for now. Um so not like for a holiday or a sabbatical, she says. But I think that really can be a no, sabbatical. Still. I if would you think take of two it to three way. years even off of yeah. teaching, it's like that's still a sabbatical. It's like if teaching burnt you out and you need to go away and do a different job for a bit to regain yourself or your focus or whatever, yeah. like fine. I think that's okay. Same thing. That's also going to let but you know if you want to go back. To the other part, she said, um, 
said, teaching feels like it's a calling, but struggling to find a place I'm called to or belong long-term. So I'm pretty exhausted not being able to grow roots. That is hard. I mean, I, I will say that like the roots piece is important to me. I mean, um, I, I, you know, gosh, I could go down a whole rabbit hole of this, but Mm. in my life, I never thought I would have roots. That was like by design, never thought I'd be married. Never thought I'd have kids. Never thought I'd own a house. Now I'm like the wife and two kids, boy and a girl, the dog, the cat. I got a wood shop in the backyard. Like I like mowing (laughs) my lawn. Like that's pretty typical kind of like, you know, American (laughs) lifestyle here. Um, except I'm a grown man with a YouTube channel, but like, uh, it is, it is tricky, but I think it's sometimes it's that stepping away, right? It's giving yourself a place to take a breath, a long breath to figure out what is the next move. And so for me, and this is, you don't even have to be religious to get down with this, but I remember saying someone tell me one time that God's one and only voice is silence. And so that we have to learn to Give that space, create the space for the ideas to come, create the space for the, for, for you to be able to work that stuff out in your mind. Um, and sometimes, you know, and the science shows that when we're constantly working things out, um, our subconscious doesn't have a chance to catch up. So when we're doing things like sleeping, when, um, for me, it was like when I was younger, it's like skateboarding or surfing or boogie boarding or something like that. You can't, you can't surf and think about other stuff, but your subconscious is still working that thing out. So you are kind of distracting your conscious mind so that your subconscious mind, this is, this is not just me being woo woo. This is like the science I've, I've looked into, um, which is why I get more sleep down because I want my subconscious to like kind of untangle this web of stuff I've figured out to help me come to some realizations. And so it's giving yourself that space to be able to do that. All right. Next question comes from Tiana asking, as a 22-year-old student teacher who is pretty small in size, I at times have a hard time dealing with male students who are known for not respecting their female teachers. Do you have any advice? I I would say this. One, it's possible. People treat us the way we teach them to treat us. And so I just had a conversation the other night. I forget who I was hanging out with. I was talking to somebody on the phone, a student on the phone. I forget who. Mm. But they were saying that uh, Randy Rebuy was the most terrifying teacher. Oh, it was Danzler. I was talking to Danzler. Oh, and he and his friends, buddies from high school, were talking about Rebuy and how he was the scariest teacher they ever had. Randy Rebuy was a guy I taught with who was a five foot six Filipino dude that was like 140 pounds I was going to say, top, like, why right? were they so afraid of him? He's like not that Something intimidating. About, he, and he never yelled. He never yelled. And I think that was That's even the, the most intimidating part, right? thing. Mm-hmm. He would just look at you dead in your eye. Like you knew you were doing the wrong thing. And then <laughs> he didn't even give you a face. And you just like, just checked yourself. His room was free of problems. Like you never have seen, very few times have I seen a classroom that was that on point. The other person uh, was my best friend I taught with for a long time. Uh, Cho. Cho was like five foot two, uh, Korean woman. Her mom was immigrant from, from Korea. Uh, so Cho just didn't play. Now Cho yelled, but she did it with like the kids knew that it was from a place of love. 
it wasn't from a place of just anger or her being frustrated or her getting pissed off at you. It was, you're making me angry because you're not doing the thing. And if you don't do the thing, then you're not going to be successful. And then you're going to be a burden on society or on your parents or on your family or whatever. So stop it now because I'm, I'm helping future you to figure this out. So I think that it is honestly, Tiana, it's like having, it's working on that level of confidence in you that you're not afraid to step to anybody, talk to anybody to let them know who you are, what you're about and what you're here for. And when you also realize that you're not just doing that for you, that I need to become this person so that I can be this person for my students, then you're not waiting for your kids to behave better. You're working on you. You are becoming, you have to become that person. And then the students will see that. I think they feel it. They recognize it and they know who not to mess with. And so I've seen this time and time again. My friend, Sarah, that I was out last night, Sarah taught with me in West Philadelphia. She was there for 15 years. She was the most loved teacher in the building. Super quiet. She was this pale Irish, um, Irish redheaded woman, very soft-spoken, taught Latin, um, <laughs> and just loved kids. And the kids respected the hell out of her in, in a way that was like kind of um, like what kind of special. I know. I kind of didn't understand. This doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I thought she would have gotten. Yep. And I've seen other, the flip side of that, like thing. big, strong dudes coming in, trying to lay it down in class or former like Navy SEALs or not Navy SEALs, but like Marines and the kids laugh in their face. And so it's about, I think, letting kids know that you care, never giving up on students and you building the version of you that needs to show up in the classroom next. I would add That's something it. in there for on the female side of boundaries, right? Learn little tricks like put your foot out. So it creates that like boundary Kids space. Don't get too close, yeah, yeah. Like, right. Like don't give hugs, like give side hugs. If you're going to give, give like side hugs. some of those sort of stop. I don't do hugs. Yeah. And like it, side hug or yeah. like, hand, what's your hand hug thing? I love hand, oh, hand hugs. hugs. I, I do. I just squeeze kids arms like a hand hug. And I think then that's so cute. That's a great way to like, just skirt around the problem. Annoying. Teachers in school hated that. Like Reynolds. I think this it's cute and I would do it. I thought it was great. Yeah. I think it's cute. I would totally do it. Um, things like that as a, and like, you know, same thing for male students with female or male teachers to female students. Yeah. Like don't put yourself in a classroom with the opposite sex alone. Yeah. And, 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 and some, some of this of is that. your personality too, right? Like all, both of those things from rebuy and from Cho and from flounders, like that was all authentic to who they were. Yeah. Mine was the same way. Like I use humor all the time. I use sarcasm all the time, not in a way to belittle kids, but in a way to like, like, handle the situation and that worked for me uh because of who i am so it's that's a piece of it too is like what's true to your personality i think we answered them all holy smokes that never happens well we're just about at an hour anyway i know so i'm gonna say one more time that look gang if anyone needs uh a speaker this summer uh or fall or even the spring um, we are, we are booking up now. And so I want to make sure that like our community knows this first before, like just strangers hit me up that if you need anything, go right to real rap with Reynolds.com. And it's like just sending an email to your, to your admin and saying like, Hey, look, are we looking for speakers this summer? I follow someone online. I think they'd be really a great fit. Could be for a keynote, could be for a keynote and breakout sessions, could be half day PD, full day PD, whatever your, your school needs. Uh, that is something and then our book is often something that's read over the summer as well. So getting teacher class off and, and schools read it. And then if your school reads the book, 
I will, even if it's like just your department reads the book, I do like a free, um, it's supposed to be 30 minutes. I can't stop myself at 30 minutes. It's usually close to 45 minutes to an hour conversation. I'll do like a book study with you afterwards and like talk about the book and ask questions, things of that nature too. But that's it. We yeah. good? Yep, absolutely. You don't know how to do the thing at the end. So when I, oh, I don't know. How so to do we that. sound like all, you know, top tier awesome when I do this. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Peace. Thank you.